All right. Well, praise the Lord. God is good? All the time. Amen. All the time? Yes, He is. Amen? And that is the, that's the fact. No matter how hard life is, we could all say God is good. Amen? Well, let's go ahead and just worship God together with joy and to exalt His name at this hour. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, what a, what a joy. Indeed, Lord, worthy is the Lamb. May we exalt our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we make much of Him as we listen to Your Word, as I preach Your Word. God, I pray for help. I pray for your leading. I pray that you would speak to your people, to those who are watching here, listening here, Father, and as well for those who are watching online. God, wherever they may be at this very hour, Lord, I pray for the working of your Spirit just to silence their heart, to remove any distractions, to be still and know that you are God, that you are our strong foundation. We are not shaken with anything that's happening in our lives because you are in control, that you are sovereign. Oh God, what an what opportunity indeed to study your word, a privilege as your children. God, when we think about our brothers and our sisters who are being persecuted for their faith, and how they long to gather together and to be in your word, but at times it's not accessible, at times it's not available for them. God, may we not neglect this worship. to glorify you. Our gathering is not about to entertain those who are listening, but to hear Jesus Christ. In the book of John, chapter 12, 21, reminds us, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. May that our prayer today, Lord, even as I preach your word. Use my lips to point your people to see Jesus Christ high and exalted through the preaching of your word. We ask, Father, that you would forgive us of our sins. As we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us. So we ask that you would open our eyes to behold the wonderful things out of your law. That, my, that, the, that the, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. That's all I ask, Lord. So, Father, speak. Allow, allow the Holy Spirit, our main teacher, to teach us to provoke our hearts to respond to your truth. 
not my words, but your word that they see from your scripture. Speak, O oh God. In Christ, then my prayer, and everyone said, Amen. As we turn our attention to the book of Psalm, chapter 16, the title of our message is Fullness of Joy. Human beings passionately pursue pleasure. They pursue enjoyment. So you could probably think right now, what am I passionate about? What is that one thing that I enjoy the most? So think for a moment. Don't take too long, because we'll be here for an hour or two. But I want us to consider, church, that we pursue, we are, we're passionate about something. We often think that something we discipline ourselves to do has greater benefit than something we desire. Accordingly, we think that Christians must deny themselves pleasure in order to please God. Unless it becomes an idol. I want you to think, I, I want you to fill in the blank, I enjoy, right? Because these this things that we enjoy could be used for the glory of God. For our enjoyment, for His glory. So for me, I enjoy photography. I enjoy going to the beach. Right? Not for myself. When I capture um, landscapes, I want, it, it is a time for me to honor and to worship and to glorify God and enjoy His creation. That's one of the reasons I like taking pictures. When I, see, when I take pictures of my family, I see the most beautiful cre creation that God has created beyond the nature that I see. In reality, the greatest pleasures human beings can experience are found in knowing and obeying who? God. That's our greatest pleasure. It is to know God. It is to obey God. That is the message of this chapter, chapter 16 of Psalm. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy, eternal pleasures, pleasures that will never go dull or boring, that are found in God. You see, when you think about photography, when you think about your pleasures or the things that you enjoy, are they long for you to enjoy? No. Right? You see, I could take a nice picture and enjoy it, but the moment my wife walks in, I enjoy her more than the picture that I take, amen? That I've taken. But even that enjoyment and that pleasures that I have with my wife, it, 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 at times is short. Because she tells me, okay, do this now. Go clean the bathroom or, or clean the sink. You know what I'm talking about? To pursue God is to pursue pleasure. Listen, to pursue God is to pursue enjoyment. We glorify God by enjoying Him. When we seek happiness, when we seek delight, when we seek pleasure in God, we glorify Him. Delighting in God and being fulfilled in Him is one of the means of victory over sin. Praise God. 
See, when you are caught up in pornography, there is short pleasure and enjoyment in that. And then the rest of the day and the rest of the week, if you're a follower of Christ, if you are walking in Christ, well, you're not walking in Christ if you're enjoying that. You know what I'm talking about? Because those are short pleasure. Those are short enjoyment. And, 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 and sin just... And it's dull and it is boring. There's nothing to enjoy. It is short enjoyment. But knowing this, church, delighting in God and being fulfilled in Him is one of the means of victory over sin. The question is, how do you measure the value of something in your life? It is most often measured by how much pleasure it gives you. The intensity of the joy you feel is a measure of its value. The strength of your delight, the height you use to describe how something delights and thrills you, it shows how its value to you. The treasure of God's wonderful being is most glorified through your pleasures and delight in Him. As I was upstairs while the women were studying for the Women's Fellowship today, and someone quoted the most famous quote by John Piper, what does it say? God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. And I said, when I heard that quote earlier, I was like, oh man, that's so good. I said, I get to preach that. I get to talk about that here in the pulpit. So that was, that was cool. Thank you, Dr. Rachel. And, and, and Chris was laughing in the, on the screen. So, again, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. So four things I want us to look at in this chapter. Number one, we have the protection of the Lord in verses 1 through 4. The second, we have the provisions of the Lord, verses 5 through 6. The third, we have the presence of the Lord, verses 7 through 8. And last, number four, we have the promises of the Lord in verses 9 through 11. Again, we have protection, provisions, presence, promises. Starts with a letter, letter. All right, we're on it. Okay, I'm looking at this clock. Thank God it's broken. One of the, mo one of the beautiful elements of the Psalms is that, that songs and poetry often give readers a glimpse into the deep heart and emotions of the author. In Psalm 16, David expresses confidence in hope in God. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this time, I said, Lord, I was praying, what will be a time of encouragement for us. What book should we look into? From Proverbs, we just stop because it's going to talk about idolatry. It's like, man, for, five, for three chapters, that's all it's going to talk about. Let, let, let's skip that for a moment. Let's talk about, let's go to Psalm. And so for the last few weeks, we've been in the book of Psalm. For this very reason, because we, we get to see, I'm sure you've been enjoying Psalm, right? You get to see the heart of David most of the time that we've been uh, um, studying. One of the reasons why the, the writer and the author of Hebrews tells us not to give up the habit of meeting together as believers in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 is that we worship God to study His word, to spur each other to godliness throughout the decline and the flow of life. Praise God. It's such a beautiful picture from here. If I have my camera, I would just nap this right now. Right? And just enjoy that. 
This is why we're here. We're gathering together. We're spurring on together. Despite of how, uh, how our life is declining or even how our life is getting better. But we have each other. So the psalm shows us how to offer praise and prayer to God in every season of life. There are prayers of lament, songs of praise, cries for help, words of wisdom. Here we see David put into words many of the emotions we feel when we are fully satisfied in God. In this chapter, we, we, when we lay in bed at night and we call to mind all the ways in which God has protected us, in how God provided for us, in how He has blessed us over time, Psalm 16 is what boils up, I hope, in our hearts after this message. When our friends are crumbling in anxiety and worries as they face the challenges of the world, and, and we cling to our Savior Jesus Christ, Remembering the security of our soul for eternity. Psalm 16 is what comes out, out of our mouth. Number one, we have the protection of the Lord in verse 1 through 4. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Church, I want you to look at, look at the, the word God. The name of God used here is El, like in, as in El Shaddai. It, it is the title used of the supreme deity and indicates his strength and power. You see the word Lord in all caps. Yahweh, some pronounce that as Jehovah. It is the divine title that points to the covenant relationship that God has with his people. Yahweh, the word Lord, Adonai, speaks of the sovereignty and authority of our God. In verse 1 says, preserve me, O God. The word preserve could be rendered watch over. See, we, we can flee to God, we can ask, we can pray for Him to protect and even deliver us. If you have a chance, go to YouTube and look up Shane and Shane and type in fullness of joy. Well, it might come up with my message later on, but fullness of joy, look for Shane and Shane. You get to sing with, with Shane and Shane in the, about this chapter, right? It's such a beautiful song. And, just, and while you're remembering this chapter, while you're praying, while you're asking God, look what God does. He protects us. And, and look at this. Preserve me, O God. Watch over me. Right? I love when my, when my children praise, the word protect is repeated over and over. Right? It's such a beautiful prayer. When you and I pray, when we wake up in the morning, when we go drive, we don't just leave the parking lot, we don't just leave the garage, we don't just leave where our car is and, and just move on. We, we, God, protect us, preserve us, watch over us. Because when you and I pray, church, He will deliver. Amen? In verse 2, I say to the Lord, that's all caps, I say to Yahweh, You are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. So David addresses the Lord Adonai, 
or I mean Yahweh, and exclaims, you are my Lord. Everything that is good in David's life, he attributed it to, uh, to, to God. This is a posture of true gratitude. Even though we'd like to think we have these postures, but as Americans, we often drift into the idea that the good that we possess has come by the work of our hands, and that God is simply help. That's dangerous. Psalm 16 verse 2 acknowledges that none of us are good apart from our God. Paul would later acknowledge a similar truth when he said here, church, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. Open your Bible. Let me hear those flipping on those chapters. Philippians 3, if you have a screen, that's okay. I want to see your hands moving. Philippians 3, verse 7 through 9. Just right after Ephesians. After the second chapter. Chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for His sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Praise God for goodness that comes as God's gift. Though we like to think we fully surrender to God, many times we accidentally want God and, all caps, and something else. This shows itself most clearly when we lose something we didn't realize we had come to uh, idolize. You see, we had proclaimed that God was all that we needed, but we were happy with God because He had given us a certain job with a certain salary, perhaps a relationship, perhaps good health. What happens when those are taken away from you? Can you still say that God is good in, in light of what happened? That you've been working through this job. You, 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 you said, I've, 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 I've earned this. And why would God take it away from me? How dare God? And some would even like put their fists on God. God, I've been living for you. And why do you do this to me? Why me? The psalmist seems to say here, like Job of the Old Testament, and I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Job. Job chapter 1. You know where I'm, you know where I'm going, right? In verse 13. In Job chapter 1. Like Job of the Old Testament, that if he was stripped of everything, he could cling to God and still find hope. Listen, in verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them and the 
The Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck the struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Event number one. Number two. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and, and burned up the sheep and the servant and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Number three. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, that the, 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 the Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young people and they are... Dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 20. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and fell on the ground. And he did what? Did he complain before a, a holy God? Did he complain before a sovereign God? No. He, he what? He prayed and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Yahweh. Blessed be God. See, church, when you and I are thinking, when, uh, I don't think anyone here can relate to the life of Job. Amen? You, you think... Maybe a little of that. I've gone through trials and difficulties. I've gone through testing and affliction in my own life. Right? You could say that. But can you proclaim? Can you worship God? In the midst of your challenges, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your heartache, and worship God. This is what we see. This is where true life is found. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and He takes away. Come what may. Right? Come what may, my hope is in God. Write that down. Think about that. Come what may, my hope is in God. This is easier said than what? than live, right? Life is hard. God is good. 2 Corinthians 12, 19, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in where? In weakness. Philippians 4, 19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. I have nothing good apart from God. When you think about your life, when you think about where you are in your life, and you can say, Lord, there is nothing good apart from you. I have nothing good. Yes, I might have my wife, I might have my children, but apart from you, I have nothing. Verse 3. Let's go back to verse 3. This is beautiful. Verse 3 says, As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my 
the light. I love this verse. Right? It, it relates to Hebrews 10.25. Address is one of the good things we receive from the Lord, brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to what David says. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones. David sees no contradiction in saying God is the only good. He has, and also affirming his delight in God's people. Yes, he could say that everything is good with God, but you know what? Look, look, what, he, look what he says here. Look what God does to him. That he's, uh, David is affirming his delight in God's people. Why? Why? Simply this, when we delight in the fellowship of believers, we do not take anything from God's glory because they are God's gift to us. You are God's gift to me. And I am God's gift to you, I hope. Right? We are God's gift to one another. To delight in God's people is to, is to take delight in the Lord's goodness. This is God's plan for His people. We need the fellowship of God's good gift. We need the instruction of God's good gift. We need the accountability of God's good gift. We need the rebuke of God's good gift. We need the comfort of God's good gift. We need the love of God's good gift. We need the presence of God's good gift. Without it, we, we, we stumble and we falter. We grow cold and sarcastic. We lose our passion and miss out on the blessings God provides in and through the excellent ones. I hope you agree with me. Amen? Come on! Right? This is something for us to get excited about. Look, look at this. When we are fellowshipping, we need each other. You are God's good gift. When was the last time you expressed that to your brothers and sisters when they visited you? When, when, when you see each other face to face? When you hear them on the call or even a text and you tell them you are God's good gift. Did you hear what I just said earlier? We need, we need, we need, we need, we need. Perhaps maybe some of you, you don't need that. Maybe some here tonight need your brothers and sisters to come alongside of you. Can I ask you a question? Do you delight in the saints? Do you delight in your brothers and sisters? Now, pastor, they argue too much. You know, one of my... I was in prayer this last Wednesday. You know, I could say this, right? I love the conversation we had last Sunday during our prayer meeting, right? During our elders meeting. You, you get to hear each other out despite of the differences. Right? We need each other. We do. Yes, we may come from a different camp and camp this, even in evangelical, even a Christian circle, even a Christian leaders. I'm just tired of it. And like, dude, just come together. We need each other for the sake of to proclaim His name. Do you love and enjoy your brothers and sisters in Christ? 
I mean, look, look around. Nah, I don't get along with this so-and-so. Do you get along in that? Do you, do you enjoy to be around? We need to be around people who have been around God. One thing I love about Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and following, you see that, 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 that koinonia, that fellowship, they did everything together. And that's what church is all about. As your pastor, I'm praying for your spiritual growth. I'm praying for your, uh, if you're, for your maturity and your desire to grow in His grace, to, to grow in His knowledge. Not just individually, but corporately. To desire the fellowship of one another. We, we need each other. We need to sharpen each other. We need to minister to one another. You, you can't be an isolated brothers and sisters. A church exists for us to get together. And this is so hard with, with, with this pandemic. I, I, I mean, with all those things that's happening in, in our society for the last eight, nine months. Don't let this pandemic hold you back. Don't be fearful, but trust and obey. Hashtag, trust and obey. Worship in person. If you can, do that. Ask God to remove that fear. Ask God to, to just make a way in your own heart to, to worship in person, to worship online. And start. If you're a follower of Christ, if, you are, if you're saying, you know what, I know Christ, I, I need to hear God's word. I can't be isolated. I need my brothers and my sisters. I need to get connected. We are called, we are saved to get connected as brothers and sisters. You know, it, 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 my heart aches at times when I don't see some people participating in Tuesday Night Bible Study. It's online. Come on. You, you make yourself available. Study God's Word with us. I don't know if you're studying by yourself. I don't get to see that. If I get to see you and study, at least show up. We're making it available. Wednesday night prayer meeting. How's your prayer life? We make all these things available online. I mean, in, make yourself available to grow corporately. My pastor, I'm busy with school and study. God has given you time, plenty of time in this pandemic. And what are you doing to grow in His grace and knowledge? You, you, you have a responsibility to connect and, and corporately. Bible studies, prayer meeting, discipleship group. I, I love the picture that I saw earlier today with our women's fellowship. They're connected online. Some of them could not make it, but some made it on, on, in person today. Praise God for that. Praise God for the lesson that they learned today. Listen, church, when you look in verse 4, in Psalm 16, verse 4, The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. See, those in verse 4 stand in, in stark contrast to those in verse 1, 2, and 3. They do not trust the Lord, nor do they enjoy the, the community of believers. 
Rather, and tragically, they will have their sorrows multiplied. And why? Because they hasten or they run after another God. The word God is implied, not stated here. Right? Chasing after idols, false gods of the head and of the heart, false god of silver and gold, false god of power and prestige, position and possession, they multiply their sorrows. But pastor, I gotta make money. Make time for God. Matthew 6.33, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. He, he will add those things to you. Look at here. They chase after empty dreams, clouds without water, aspirations and goals that are a fantasy, hopes that will never be realized. What they believe will bring joy, will bring sorrow. What they believe will bring happiness, will bring sadness. What they believe will bring gladness, will bring disappointment. David says, as we should say, though he, he, he will have nothing to do with the works of those who do not love the Lord. He will not join them in their pagan worship like drink offerings of blood. Nor will he allow the names of false God to flow from his lips. The offerings of blood may refer to the actual drinking of pagan blood sacrifices, either animal or, or human. This is what the gods of this world have to offer. They make promises but never deliver. Right? Whatever passion that you think you have, you enjoy so much. It's okay. It's okay for me to go out and, and be with my friends and, and you know, and be, forget pandemic. I'm, I'm going to go out and, and enjoy family, this and family, friends, and whatever. Right? I go to these places. I go to and, and hang out there and do all these things. But it doesn't really satisfy you apart from God. The, the things that we see in this world, it's full of promises, but will never deliver. In verse 5 and 6, we have the provisions of the Lord, number 2. The message of verse five, 5 and 6 is short and concise. David now addresses God in terms of his covenant, Yahweh, Jehovah, drawing on the language related to Joshua's conquest of the promised land. David praises the Lord not so much for what he has done, for who he is. The provision of the Lord is the Lord himself. Verse 5 says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. God, the Lord, is described as our portion in our cup. David confessing Yahweh as his God and the Lord as his portion and cup. A cup that, verse 23, chapter 23, verse 5 says what? My cup runs over. You know, what, you know what that talks about? God is, is a provider and he has a cup. And you know what happens when you put water or drinks or food into your bowl, into your cup? What happens? Right? Think about, your, and think about God's blessing in your life. And you can say, you know what? Lord, despite of this pandemic this year, you have been so faithful to me. I could say my cup overflows. It runs over. What he needs for life is the Lord. Not, not the things of the Lord, but the Lord. What does that remind you of? Right? What, did we, what chapter were we on last, last week? 
in spite of the blackout. Psalm 27, right? This is what we see. And, and David is saying, look, not the stuff that I want, not the things of the Lord, but I want God himself. The Lord is his nourishment, and, and he will never, he, he, will, he, he will ever needs, he, he, he finds the Lord, whatever needs he had, he finds the Lord. Indeed, we will find more than we can take in. Praise God. Amen? What David has, he has from the Lord. God gave it. He did not earn it, nor work for it. It is a safe and secure inheritance because it is protected by the Lord. It is, he says, a good inheritance, a delightful inheritance because it was marked out by the Lord. You see, God gives himself to us. His saints. He gives us that which is pleasant and good because it has source and origin in Him. We can have the Lord. The question is, why would we clamor? Why would we appeal for anything else? God, I want this. I want this. I want this. Maybe I want you. Maybe I need you. What a dangerous place to be in church. Point number three, we have the presence of the Lord, verses seven and eight. David made a habit of pondering, thinking about God's word, thinking about God's blessing, thinking about his commands and how he was working through his people. Even at night, thoughts of the Lord's faithfulness filled David's mind. You see, church, when, when God is our focus, it is easier for us to hear Him when He, what? When He speaks. Remember, listening to God is essential to walking with Him. Listening to God is essential to walking with Him. What are you listening to lately? Right? My kids are listening to BTS, right? But praise God that they listen to God in the morning first, then they listen to BTS for the rest of the day, right? And you're probably like, what's BTS? Just search it, some Korean, right, people, right? Some artists, famous, not in Korea, but here in America. That's what my daughter said, but, right? So what are you listening to? Are you listening to God lately? Are you... Pastor, I can't hear God. Well, read God's word and you hear him speak. Amen? Maybe you want me to read it to you and you'll hear God's word speak, right? So during my morning walk, I listen to God's word, right? I got this audio Bible, a CSB version. It's free. It's a, there's an app. I just, when I'm walking in the morning, right, a good 30 minutes, I'm just listening to God's word. I got Psalm online and just keep on going in the rest of the chapters. I'm listening to God because it is essential to walking with Him. Right? Who's that prophet? Right? That God was waking him up in the middle of the night? Right? You, you, you think, you remember that little boy? Right? When God talked to you again, and God just kept talking to him, and then what happened? Right? It's like, well, listen to him. Tell me, right? 
Verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also my heart instructs me. I, I think about times in our life where we think, you know what would be helpful? Right? If I could talk to a counselor. How many of you need counseling, counseling right now? Don't raise, don't raise your hand. And I'm not going to hold you back. Like, oh. I need some counseling right now. Right? I'm going through some stuff right now, right? I, I need to speak to the, one of the elders. Right? Can anybody recommend a counselor for me? Then we, we start looking for counselor, and then I step back and think, wait a minute. This is not to say human counselors are not helpful. They, there are times that are certainly helpful. But the Lord has called himself in his word, his what? My counselor. God is what? He is your counselor. The God of the universe gives me counsel. Know this, as you make decisions, maybe whether you're making a decision right now or in the future, as you're walking through the decision-making process, know this, the God of the universe has called himself your counselor. Turn with me to James chapter 1. James 1. Verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So call out to him. Ask him for counsel and let him instruct you. In a way that you will bless him as your counselor. And let him instruct you. Not, not even just when you are awake, but at night when you are asleep. Know that God wants his will to be accomplished in your life more than you do. He is a good counselor. He will lead and guide and he will direct us. He doesn't even just tell us what to do. He forms our thoughts. He, he forms our hearts and He forms our minds. He forms our desires. He forms our decisions according to His will. When we are abiding in Him. When we are walking in step with His Word and in His Spirit. So I just encourage you. It says, bless the Lord who gives you counsel. And know that even in the night He is instructing your heart. Isn't that amazing? God can only do that. He can, he, he's forming your thoughts. He's forming your desires. He's forming His will in his, while you're asleep. While I'm asleep. Because the Lord fills His mind, the Lord also instructs His heart and His soul, His inward parts. The Lord guides His mind, how He thinks, and how, his, and how to live in, in regards to His heart. At night, when the mind can run wild, his mind runs to the Lord. At night, when the heart is easily troubled and worried, the Lord brings calm and gives him rest. Right? How many of you are anxious when you, like, you, can't, you keep turning left and right? right? I think the other night, my wife woke me up. Like, I, I slept early, like around 9, I think, or 8.30. Right? And, then I, I, and then at around 11, she woke me up. Right? She goes, why do you keep turning? You, 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 you're not making me go to sleep. I don't know if I was, maybe God was talking to me in my sleep. 
I'll, maybe I was distressed. Maybe, maybe something was going on in my mind. Maybe it was going, something going on in my heart that, that I kept twisting back and forth and that I was not sleeping well or resting well. Right? When, when our heart is easily troubled, the Lord brings calm and give him rest. In fact, the, the believer, the disciple of Jesus can say of this, marvelous counselor and instructor, I have him always before me. He is my constant companion, a friend who sticks closer than a brother, a Lord who may rule and run the universe, but the same Lord who is always before my face. I think of him, I see him, I love him, I want him in my life. He is our counselor. In verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. I love that. Wow. I just keep going back at this. I have set the Lord before me. And because He is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Indeed, because He is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I have the Lord's presence. The reference is to Stability in the life of the psalmist regardless of the circumstances in which he might find himself. He says, I will not be. I will not be moved. Right? I'm just going to start dancing. I will not be. I will not be moved. Right? Right? I will not be shaken. Whatever circumstance, whatever problems, whatever difficulties, where I am, right? Next thing you know, there's an earthquake. It's <laughs> shaking. Right? I said, Lord, is that you? Right? I will not be shaken. Right? It, it, it has to do with your heart and mind. Even when you're resting, when you're in bed, you find God. You see Him for who He is in your life. But why, why would I ever think of moving? Why would I let anything shake me from the joy I can find only in Him? Why would I let anything shake me from the joy I can find only in Him? Number four and last. We have the promises of the Lord. In verses 9 through 11. Verse 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. So in verse 8, the Lord is always with us. Therefore, like David, we can be glad in heart, in our glory, our inner self, our very life rejoices and does so continually. But David not only rejoices inwardly, but he rejoices how? Outwardly. He has a confidence about his body. Indeed, he is able to make a remarkable statement, my flesh, bazaar, basar in Hebrew. My body, it will also rest in him. Dwell secure. David is secure in body and soul. Right? How many of you are secure in Christ today? Right? No, pastor, my security is on Donald Trump. So I'm like, ah, I'm kind of disappointed with that result. Then as a Christian, you, got, you, you need to go back here. Oh, I feel so secure right now because I voted for, you know, who? Who won? Right? Biden. See how I listen to my wife? 
David is secure in body and soul. How, how many of you can say that? God, Lord, Lord, whatever trials, whatever difficulties, whatever circumstance, even in this pandemic, Lord, my, my, my body and soul is secure. Hallelujah. His peace is inward and outward, spiritual and physical. He is whole in the Lord now and in the future. Only Christians can go, can go through that. Amen? We can rejoice. Right? Your family members might not, know, might not understand why you're rejoicing physically and inwardly. Why? Because Psalm 93 says, God reigns. He is in control. So he is whole in the Lord now and in the future. David now looks forward into the future. Listen, listen. Turn to Job chapter 19. I love Job. How many of you love Job? Raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Right? Who's Job? Job? Job. Right? Not the apple guy. Right? But Job of the Bible. Job 19, verse 25 and 27. Right? Listen. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold not another, how my heart yearns within me. My Redeemer lives. Everyone say it. My Redeemer lives. You can do better than that. Again. I'm going to say it with enthusiasm, just like what we're saying here. Because knowing that we're secure internally, we're secure physically or outwardly, we can say, my Redeemer. Yes. Come on now. Verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to show or let your Holy One see corruption. The second half other verse could have been fulfilled only by our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Turn with me to Psalm 49, verse 7 and 9. Psalm 49, verse 7 and 9, 7 through 9. Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. Chapter 89, verse 48, chapter 89 of Psalm, verse 48. What man can live and never see that? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Selah. Let's go to, to the New Testament. In the book of Acts, chapter 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and... Acts, Acts 13, verse 36 through 37. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his, with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. So, Yes, we have the experience of His power. A power that raised God's Son, David's Son, from where? From the grave. Verse 11. 
This is our message. So now this is an introduction. Verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David's confidence in the Lord is perfect. His trust in a God who can bring life out of that is complete. The God I can trust in the future is the God I can trust today. Amen? How many of you trust God? Raise your hands. Your both hands. Trust God. No matter what difficulty or challenges that you, may, you are facing in life, even in the midst of this pandemic, trust God. That's what David says, look, I, I can trust God in, in the future and I can trust God even now, no matter what. Therefore, I will make this my confession each and every day. God makes known to us the path of life. But don't miss the connection here. The path of life involves walking in the presence of God. Walking in Him. In your presence there is fullness of joy. That's the path of life. Being in the presence of God and enjoying the presence of God is fullness of joy. And you, you can do those passionate things that, you, that we talked about in the beginning of the sermon. Right? I'm not telling you to stop passing. You know what? I'm, I'm passionate about this. Then do that. Walk with Him. Use that for His glory. See Him for who He is. You have to be intentional in, in, in your passion for the glory of God. Right? Whatever it is. But if you spend so much time in that passion, that becomes an idol. Be careful. If you spend more time doing that, rather than being in God's Word and listening and attending Bible study and attending prayer meeting and being in church, and yet you make all these other excuses, be careful. You're not walking in His presence. There are too many compromises going on in your, in your walk with God. Let this soak in. God's plan for your life involves fullness of joy in His presence. That's God's plan. Oh, let me say that again. God's plan for your life involves fullness of joy in His presence. Walking with Him and enjoying Him. Right? It's kind of like... When, for those who are married, right? right? One thing I got convicted last week when we were at the L.A. Garden place, right? See, I, I was so caught up taking pictures, but my daughter wanted to spend time with me. And my wife said, just let him be. That's, that's what he, he's passionate about, right? So my wife had to set me aside. You know, your daughter wants to spend time with you. I said, I know, I can't help it, you know, it's so pretty <laughs> Right, so I said, okay. So we walked side by side after I took some pictures, after I got convicted. Right, and then I went back at it, took pictures some more. Right, so I felt so bad. You know, it's like, it involves 
there's joy, right? There's that memory that I'm building, right? Walking with Him, enjoying Him. That true joy, that peace, that satisfaction, that satisfying hope is found only in God. You can't find it anywhere else. Doesn't matter how much your spouse or your children gives you that joy, but only in God, that full, that true satisfaction, that true joy can only be found in Him. See, we tend to have joy when we feel as though all, all, is, all is right in the world. Amazing things like meeting your first grandchild, right? Ati, um, Ati Rachel, Kyojun, right? When you met your Johnny, like, yeah, Johnny! And then, oh, okay, set aside Johnny, okay, let me, let me, right? Such a joy. You know, I was sharing some videos this week, the uh, past week, uh, with Rachel and Krista and Nash about, you know, my kids and I, uh, we had a family night, we were, you know, my kids were, you know, my kids are famous on YouTube, right, in our own family, right, they have all this video, so we're just watching, right, I love, I love those moments, I, you know, like, um, I, you know, I get to see my kids running around and making all this silly stuff, and how Daniela was giving, I say, a bad look, right, at such a young age, and still doing it to this day, like, oh, I did that, yeah, right? So there was a bonding in there, right? So it was such a joy to, to, to go back and, and look at that, right? Maybe seeing your first favorite artist, like the BTS, right? Getting engaged to be married, right? Remember those times? Remember those, right? Um, who, who did a, who was the last one who proposed and got married? Okay, Michael and Jules. Right. I forgot where they I think they did it in somewhere in Temecula. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh no, no, somewhere in Anaheim. Right. Anyway. Perhaps receiving a clear scan on a post chemo report gives us the the easy feeling. But unless our life is firmly in the hands of Christ as we have trusted Him and His work on the cross, even these moments of great significance are mere shadows of true joy. Did you hear that? The things I just talked about, yes, how much they give me joy. That surpasses all that. Because I have Christ. God wants us to have that, that, that sense of peace that passes all understanding in Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7. Right? Through every moment of life, God wants us to experience that. And this psalm reminds us that this is only found as we dwell in the presence of God. I want to encourage you is to hunger for the time with God in His Word. To hunger for time with God in His Word. Right? You think about how many times, how many hours, minutes you watch a show, another show, right? Whatever it may be, or an activity that you're doing, right? Could be hiking, could be biking, could be walking, right? Could be planting, <clears throat> right? I think in my throat, I need some water, right? You see, we need to hunger. To desire more for, and really be intentional with time in His Word. 
the Holy Spirit indwells us and we are called to set our minds on the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. As we walk daily with Christ, there is fullness, finish the sentence, there is fullness of joy. As we are walking daily with Christ, there is fullness of joy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. John 17, verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Romans 15, verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the last praise of this psalm, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Just picture it. His right hand is full of what? Pleasures, enjoyment. And you take some of those pleasures and there's more. Take some of those pleasures and there's more. Right? It's kind of like unlimited rice. That's the best thing I could think of. Right? Take some of those pleasures and there's more. And it will be forever. Not the rice, but God's pleasure are forevermore. There is infinite pleasure to be found in God. I want to rejoice in that. That gives me hope. That however difficult life is, wherever you may be, know this joy. There is infinite pleasure to be found in God. Infinite. To be in His presence. It's like David says. We get to see the emotion. We get to see what David is going through. For us to know this church in verse 11. To truly understand it, that there is infinite pleasure to be found in God. No matter difficulty. No matter how painful life is. There's pleasure forevermore. This is a life worth living. This is a path worth living. We may die tomorrow. We, we may get sick tomorrow. We, we, we may lose our home tomorrow. We may lose our loved ones tomorrow. But this is worth living for Christ when we know Christ as our Savior and Lord. And I love what Junior prayed this morning, this earlier today, was that, that we stop playing all these religious acts. But be, but, but be real and be consistent in our walk with Christ, because He's more than enough. Because at times I feel wasting my time with, with other things, and, and yet I can find all this joy, I can... I can find all this enjoyment and, and all these pleasures and there's more and more if I'm walking daily with Christ no matter how difficult life can be. It's 
kind of like the last time I was at the beach, not last week, but during my birthday, I, I was just worshiping God. I said, Lord, this is what living for. Use me for your glory. I ask you, give me another year. Give me the, the health that I need to, to, to proclaim your name. I asked my kids are celebrating their birthdays week after week for, for the last three weeks or one more week, one more next week, this coming weekend. My prayer for them is that they will see God, that they will walk with God. Because God is worth living for. Not the stuff, not the career that we want them to have, not the education that, they, that, that they're trying to pursue, but God. God himself. He is all that they need. True fulfillment and maximum pleasure are found only in Christ. Only when we lay down our fake temporary pleasures and run to Jesus will we find the earthly and eternal pleasure we are Seeking. We don't, we, we don't need to wait for heaven to understand what this forever, this pleasure forevermore. We can have this now. But yet, you're not taking your walk with Christ seriously. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ, but you need to take it seriously. Let me close with this. God will bring you body and soul through life and that to full and everlasting pleasure if He is your safest refuge and your supreme treasure and your sovereign Lord and your trusted counselor, John Piper. Corrie Boom said, You may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's powerful for a short lady to write such a powerful word. You may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's my prayer for our church. To truly understand who Christ is and stop messing around with religious activities. Oh God, help us to walk in your path. Help us to follow your ways. I pray for this in my life. I pray, Father, for this in, in the life of this church. I pray for those who are listening right now, Father. God, please counsel us. Please instruct our hearts in the night. Please make known to us the path of life today. And we know that life is found in your spirit. Help us to be 
sensitive. We know that life is found in your presence. We know that life is found in constantly realizing that you are with us. That you are near us. And that you are leading us. And that you are guiding us. And that you are directing us, Father. In your presence, we find fullness of joy. Oh God, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we, we look to you. We find joy that supersedes circumstances. Whatever problem, trials, difficulties, or even in this pandemic, Lord. We find hope. We know that your love that transcends circumstances in your presence with you, Lord. There is never-ending joy and never-ending, forever pleasure at your right hand. We praise you. We praise you, O oh God. We praise you for this kind of life. We are grateful. We are thankful for this life that you have given us despite of the difficulties, Lord. Despite of the challenges that we face in life. I'm not, I don't know where your people are today, Lord. I pray that they would run to you, that they would trust you, that they would desire more of you in their lives instead of the things that you give to us. Indeed, Lord, there is fullness of joy. So, Father, lead us in this path of life today. This is my prayer for our church, Lord. That they would truly understand and love each other as brothers and sisters and be united together in despite of differences that we may have. And that makes us a church. You have called us to be different. So, Father, grant us humility of heart. Break our hearts, break our pride today, Lord. I pray, Father, that your people here resolve that they would desire you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and be led by your Spirit. I pray for all these things, for the sake of your name, for the sake of your kingdom, in the presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.